Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast with your host, James Cast. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite hobby, tabletop sports. I'll review games in my collection, discuss how I approach different projects, and even recap the latest games from my tabletop. Have questions, thoughts, or feedback? Feel free to reach me at tabletopsportcast at gmail.com or check out our Facebook page by the same name. This week's episode, number 24, is going to be dedicated to Football Three Ways, and I'll be discussing how I'm going to approach an upcoming project using three different games intertwined to play out a full season. But before we get to that, let's do a recap of the week that was on the tabletop. The week started off with some late games on last Sunday after I had recorded uh, episode 22. I started with my other my second semi-final in my final foursome project. This is using the 2000 stars and history maker golf by play games. The event took place at the Long Island public black golf course uh, modeled after Beth page. Sergio Garcia came away with a win on the first playoff hole. He was able to sink his birdie putt and Harrington, Patrick Harrington, who finished second, ended up missing his birdie attempt. So Garcia edges out Harrington. They both shot 69, but Garcia wins on the playoff hole. The other two members of that foursome who had reached the semis was Jim Furyk, and he finished at 71, which was even par. And then Ian Poulter finished with a 74, and he had an up-and-down round, Poulter. He had um, two triple bogeys during the round, one on the front nine, one on the back nine, and still finished with a 74, so not bad, but he was three over to finish his round. That sets up my final for next month, which is going to be a match play final to wrap up that tournament at the champions course, which is the Augusta national. It's going to be Sergio Garcia facing off against Phil Mickelson to decide the best of the 2000 stars. So that'll be next month. Also last Sunday, I did a little uh, gameplay testing for a game that uh, Cooper Gilbert is working on. I think it's called Quick Series Baseball. I did a replay of the 1876 Major League Baseball season. Not even sure it was the Major Leagues at that point, but uh, the National League, I think it was. The Chicago White Stockings won that with a 44-22 and record. I'm still doing some tweaking to it. I'm going to actually be doing some more play testing of that, hopefully tonight, just to, and may even replay that same season again. But uh, quick, quick series baseball was the other thing on the agenda last Sunday. Last Monday, the pat this past Monday, November eighth, Grid Zone played two more exhibition games. As I'm trying to just make sure I get a good feel for this game and planning on kicking off a project soon. So my first exhibition was a replay of a same exhibition I'd done a couple days ago, Denver at Birmingham. Birmingham won that game 39-30. to And then in my second exhibition game, Milwaukee at Memphis, and Milwaukee came away with a 27-17 win. 
in that. And so two more games of Grid Zone. Feel like I have a good handle on that game now and ready to probably kick off my project. Um, I think it'll be next month. I don't think I'll be getting it on the table this month, but you never know. Uh, so next was last Tuesday, the 9th. Uh, History Maker Baseball started the September 18th games for my 1940 MLB AL mini replay. Uh, it was Boston at St. Louis for game, uh, the first game of that September 18th. Boston ended up getting the win 8-4. to four. Uh, The winner was Lefty Grove, and Harris took the loss for St. Louis. Unfortunately for Boston, it also put them on the horizon of being eliminated, uh, and it was going to depend on what Cleveland did. But they are on the brink of elimination based on where they are, but they at least staved it off for one more game with their win. Last Wednesday, the 11th, I mean, I'm sorry, the 10th, Red, White, and Blue Racing, and they heard that here on this podcast. It was my uh, 2021 season, which is featuring the 1990s stars, the Dover International Speedway 500. Mark Martin got his second win in a row. He took the lead on turn 50 during a trouble event and held on through the yellows and uh, a late rush at the end to take the win. So Mark Martin, he had actually led the first uh, 20, I think it was the first 27 laps of that race as well. So, and he also now is leading the point season point totals too. Um, Let's see, last Thursday, or this past Thursday, Demo Derby Smashdown, my 2021 season for that, uh, completed race number five of 12. Uh, Rudy Petro made it a back-to-back win, and he is—he really moved up in contention. I think he moved up in second place now for the season points race uh, with his back-to-back wins. Uh, let's see. Friday. Friday, I actually played a doubleheader in my Slobs League. Uh, this is the one I played by phone. We're using the famous Fall Classics 1 for History Maker Baseball. My team is the 1986 Mets. We were on the road against the 1954 Giants. Game one, I won 13 to two. Uh, it was Sid Fernandez getting the win and Ruben Gomez taking the loss. Uh, Kevin Mitchell had six RBIs in that game for me. And then the second game, uh, the Giants ended up getting a walk-off win, winning at 12 to nine. They scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth off of Roger McDowell. Uh, the clincher was off of uh, it was a three-run homer from Eva St. Clair. It was uh, Merv Grissom taking the win and Roger McDowell taking the loss in that. That was a great back-and-forth game. But the final was 12 to nine in favor of the Giants. So we're evened up, and we have our game three, hopefully in the next week or two. Uh, let's see. Yesterday, I uh, got back to my other Major League Baseball project. Back to, It was the continuing the September 18th games, and this was a doubleheader. Washington traveling to Cleveland in my MLB replay for 1940. Cleveland wins game one, eight to one. Uh, Allen gets the win. Chase takes the loss. And then in game two of that doubleheader, uh, Cleveland again comes out on top, seven to four. Bob Feller with the win. 
Hudson takes the loss. And with those two wins by Cleveland, Boston was eliminated. So we have now eliminated half the teams in the league. We pretty much had three of them eliminated from the start, but Boston is the first of the contenders to really fall out of it. Cleveland just been dominating. I think that's 12 straight wins now. Since They haven't lost since I started the replay here, and they're just continuing to dominate. This morning, I got some Fury Hardball on the table. It was my group, group F play for my 2021 World Cup. San Diego won the group with a 5-4 and four record. They actually ended up tied with Denver with a 5-4 and four record, but beat Denver 2-1 to one, heads up. Uh, Zappala from San Diego ended up with 13 zingers. And then Broadus from Cleveland hit eight dingers in nine games. So impressive outings uh, or performance from Broadus. Um, but Cleveland is eliminated. Denver's going to be is one of four, five, and four second place teams right now. So we'll have to see how the second place teams uh, work out. That might end up coming down to run differential and things. So we'll have to see how that works out. But that's where we stand. That's the week that was on the tabletop. So a good mix of games. Uh, just to recap, History Maker Golf, um, Quick Series Baseball, Grid Zone, History Maker Baseball, Red, White, and Blue Racing, Demo Derby Smashdown, and Fury Hardball all on the tabletop this week. Before we get into today's topic, I'd be remiss if I didn't give an update on where we are with our cooperative event to replay the Euro 2020 tournament using Soccer Blast by Play Games. Um, when we checked in last week for our episode, we were just about finished with the group play, and we did complete that now. And here's our round of 16 in the knockout stage. And I've got the results because we actually only took about three days to complete the round of 16 games. And that was featuring eight different people playing those games. So here we go. Ready? Round of 16 results for our Euro 2020 tournament. Switzerland beat Denmark one to nothing. That was a game played by Steve Gorman. They will take on Italy, who knocked off the Ukraine three to nothing in a game played by Maury Gabe. So Switzerland and Italy will be our first quarterfinal matchup. Portugal defeated North Macedonia 3-1 in a game played by John Millar. And then England beat Poland 2-1 in a game played by Kevin Robson. So Portugal and England are set to meet in the quarterfinals. Next was Spain beating Russia 4-1 in a game played by Rob Gallimore. And they will take on France, who defeated Croatia 3-1 in a game played by John McGinnis. So our next, our third uh, quarterfinal match, Spain versus France. And then our final two games of the round of 16, the Netherlands defeated Hungary 3-1 in a game played by Bob Hansen. And they will take on Belgium, who beat Turkey 2-0 in a game played by Harvey Couch. So to recap, we are into our quarterfinals now. And so far, 
we have so our quarterfinal matchup: Switzerland, Italy. Game, the second game of the quarterfinals: Portugal, England. The third game is Spain, France, and the fourth game is Belgium taking on the Netherlands. We'll give updates on those probably by midweek when we do our game of the week. Uh, right now we're on pace probably to finish up the entire tournament before Thanksgiving. And that's our goal right now. Like hopefully we'll be able to wrap things up over the next seven days or so and have that tournament complete before Thanksgiving, which would be amazing because we really kicked it off on October 28th. So to play out the whole 50, well, 51 games, I think it was, um, in less than a month would be just amazing. So speaking of projects, I'm getting ready to wrap up my 1973 NFL replay. And I did a full season play there, but it was really a mini project because I did instant results for almost all the games. Um, as we, you probably remember me talking about, my my approach to that project is was basically to play it like if I was watching on TV, I would probably watch two games on Sunday and then the Monday night game. So I played it that way where I only had three highlighted games each week and everything else got instant resulted. And I did everything with second season express. So it was a fairly smaller size project. As I get ready to do my next football project and I've decided to go with the 1994 season next. I had a few different choices, but 1994 had some intriguing pieces to it, and I decided to go with 1994 next. And my approach for this project, based on some recent developments, is going to be something I call, I'm going to call football three ways. I'm going to actually feature three different games here. I'm going to play because I really wanted to make sure that the next project had full second season. I'm going to play the full version of the game, but I really want to have a limited number of games that I do that for. I really don't want to get into like trying to replay full season, tracking everybody's stats, doing that kind of stuff. Not really where I wanted to go with it. Um, so I'm going to play the full second season for a portion of the games. I'm going to play second season express in a similar model to what I did last time, where there's going to be some featured teams or games. And those will be the ones that I follow through second season express. And then the rest of the games, instead of doing instant results, I'm now going to use fast drive football, something that recently was created by Al Wilson. And he is basically, he's already created like all the NFL seasons, including some of the alternate leagues, uh, he's amazingly gotten through all those so far. So we'll be using fast drive football for the majority of the games that we replay in this project. So now how are we going to break down these games? And this is where the thought process went for me in terms of how I wanted to approach this. So the first thing I'm going to do when I do a football project is I'm going to kind of go to a source. For me, it's always been like, you know, the, the group that does like pro football reference. So if I'm looking at the NFL, I'm going to use pro football reference. And the first place I'm going to always look is how did my teams do? So I'm originally from like Long Island, New York. The Giants are my primary team. I also follow the Jets pretty closely. So I want to look at like, how did both those teams do? Well, the Giants in 1994 finished nine and seven. Uh, they did not make the playoffs that year. They they fell just short of it based on some tiebreakers. Uh, 
most of the wild card teams did have nine and seven records, but the Giants were the team that were out on that in terms of that. Uh, the Jets were a very disappointing six and ten in 1994. Now, records don't tell you everything, so I also want to look at the rosters and see, like, is there anybody on those teams that stood out to me? And, you know, the the Giants were coached by Dan Reeves that year. This was the Dave Brown era, so Dave Brown was the starting quarterback. They had Rodney Hampton still running the ball. He went over 1,000 yards that year. Um, on Dave Brown, threw for 2,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. So we had Rodney Hampton. You had Dave Meggett on the team still, although he only had he had less than 300 yards rushing and 300 yards receiving, so not really a big impact. And their receiving core was highlighted mostly by Chris Calloway, who ended up with just over 600 yards, uh, and Mike Sherrard, who had 800 yards. So they didn't even have a 1,000-yard receiver. As far as the defense goes, the – the team was led mostly by um, some good defensive line play. Eric Howard and Keith Hamilton each had six and a half sacks. And then he had Michael Strahan very early in his career with four and a half sacks. And then Jesse Armstead, at linebacker, with three sacks. Um, the interceptions on the team, uh, a couple guys had three, so really not no major impact there. So not a lot to really – root for here with the Giants. So, you know, probably didn't want to do like a focus on them in this project. The Jets, not much better. Um, Boomer Esiason was the quarterback that year, threw for 2,700 yards, uh, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Johnny Johnson was the running back, fell short of 1,000 yards. Their receiving core highlighted by Rob Moore, um, who did go over a thousand yards um, at tight end was Johnny Mitchell. And then Art Monk had joined the Jets that year. So he went for 500 yards. Um, again, nothing really great to like write home about there. Um, in terms of the defense, it was led by Jeff Lagerman and Mo Lewis. Uh, Lagerman, six and a half sacks. Mo Lewis had not only six sacks, but he also had four interceptions. So Mo Lewis was a dominant defensive player. Um, they also had James Hasty with five picks and Marcus Turner with five picks. So some decent output from the defense, but again, a six and 10 team, nothing really impactful on the offense. So wasn't going to go in that direction either. So then let's take a look at some of the top teams that year. So obviously you go right to the Super Bowl contenders. So the, the 49ers won the Super Bowl that year with a 13 and three record. Uh, they ended up beating the Chargers, who were a little bit of a surprise team that year, but Chargers went 11-5. and five. They had a late run that year to get back into the playoffs. The 49, 49ers are star-studded, right? They had the MVP that year with Steve Young. Uh, you had the top receiver with Jerry Rice. Ricky Waters was at running back, so it's a really good team. Deion Sanders was the defensive MVP. He was in the, you know, on the 49ers. I was a year he had like three, I think, interception returns for touchdowns. So 49ers have a lot of star quality to their team. The Chargers, not as much. Uh, Stan Humphreys was the quarterback. Um, you had uh, Means as the running back. Nothing really great to write home about there. 
the receiving core highlighted by, you know, Tony Martin, um, who was really like your um, fullback, I guess. I think he was more like an H-back kind of guy. Um, so really nothing great to write home about there. I mean, Humphreys did have 3,000 yards, but not really like a go-to name in terms of the kind of guys that you want to track here. So the other top two teams from the league, Dallas Cowboys, who were just coming off their Super Bowl runs there. So they were stacked. They had a lot of great players on that offense still. Um, all the names you know, Aikman, Smith, um, Irwin, Irvin, you know, like they were loaded. Uh, Cowboys went 12-4 and four that year. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who went 12-4, and four, and their team was pretty solid as well. Um, they didn't really have any, like, award winners necessarily, but, you know, you, you were talking about Neil O'Donnell at quarterback, who had a decent year. Barry Foster was their top running back, as well as um, Bam Morris, who each went for 800 yards. And, yeah, so that that's where we stood there with that. Um, but all good teams to like try to track here because they all had decent records. And then I think there were some really good division races like the AFC East, uh, the Dolphins and Patriots both went 10 and six. Uh, the Steelers were 12 and four, but the Browns were 11 and five. So a good race there. Chargers won the AFC West by two games over the Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, Cowboys ran away with the NFC East, beating the Giants by three games. The NFC Central was awesome. I mean, you had the Vikings win it at 10 and 6, and then the Packers, Lions, and Bears were all 9 and 7. And all three of those teams made the wild card. And then you had the 49ers destroying the uh, NFC West. They won that by six games, so it wasn't even really close at all. So there's your top teams. That's something to think about there, too. And then we talked about some of the top performers, but there's a couple others that are worth mentioning. Um, Barry Sanders for the Detroit Lions, and the Lions also had Herman Moore back then too, but the Lions, uh, Barry Sanders, this, this was the 2,000 rushing and receiving yard season for Barry Sanders. Uh, he had over 1,800 rushing yards, but he also had over 200 receiving yards, putting him over 2,000 for the year. Uh, and then Marshall Falk, who was a rookie uh, this year, and so Marshall Falk um, – Let's see what his numbers were for the year. But he was the rookie of the year. And Falk ended up running for 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. He also had 500 yards receiving. So he had, another, he had a really strong campaign in 1994 as well. And then we already talked about Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, uh, all three of those guys from the 49ers. Um, so some really good individual performances. All right, so how do I want to approach this then? The, the idea for me of doing the full second season isn't so much about the teams like wins and losses, but more about which games do I want to keep track of stats for. And I think just based on the player that he was, the, the one that I was drawn to the most with the 1994 season was Barry Sanders and trying to recreate that 2000 rushing and receiving yard season. So, you know, that's probably the games that I'm going to play out. Now, Detroit was a good team. They went nine and seven. They would have had a shot to win the 
NFC Central because again they only finished a game out. So there's some um, there's some draw there as well to see if you can recreate that season and actually get them to finish on top um, in the NFC Central. It was you know while Sanders didn't win the MVP race that year, um, it was probably the best season of his career. Again, 1,800 yards, seven rushing touchdowns, 283 yards in the air with one touchdown. So we're going to try to create those 2,166 yards from scrimmage would be the goal. So that starts with second season. You know, I'm going to commit to 16 games from that for that right off the bat. Now with the... Second season express, which allows me to do more of a faster play version of the game, but still get some of the highlights. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to tell like who scored touchdowns, who made picks and everything like that. Um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch some of these other top players. So San Fran is certainly a team that I'll track with the second season express. Um, I think I would also be interested in playing out a couple of the other teams like uh, Pittsburgh. I might even try to follow like Marshall Falk's season a little bit that way too, um, just to see how he does. But I think in general, what I'm going to try and do is play like some of the top games. So when the good teams are playing each other, and I'll go through like the NFL schedule and pick out similar to what I did with my 1973 game is find some places where I can get a couple of those teams, but maybe have one or two teams like San Francisco that I just track all the way through just to see how that team does with a little more detail. And then I've got the fast drive football, which again, I can knock out a game in 10 to 15 minutes with that. So that's where the rest of the games will be played. I'm not going to do any instant results at all. I'll play all the games out. So whatever games aren't being played with either the full version or the express version of second season will be played with fast drive football. Now, this is where this also gets interesting, too, is I've got probably got a good like 80, 15, 5 breakdown in terms of percentages with fast drive football, express and then full second season. But because of a great tool that was put together by Cooper Gilbert, and this was actually showcased on the um, play space with Keith, Keith Avalone, uh, Cooper, Al, and Keith kind of demonstrated how Cooper's utility, which allows you to enter, you know, move between all three games. And that's something that's really intriguing to me because I'm going to try to utilize that in here as well. And I have to set certain ground rules for myself. So, for instance, if I am playing a game in fast drive football and it goes into, because most of those games are going to be games that don't have a lot of key interest, but maybe it features one of the top teams, right? That may be a win or a loss. Like, you know, it might be one of those games where it's like, oh, this is a game that might go the wrong way for them. Um, close game fourth quarter, I'm going to be inclined to maybe switch over to to second season express and I'll have the ability to do that. So I'm going to try to do that if a game goes into the fourth quarter separated by maybe one score 
or two scores uh, just to see what it looks like in a little more detail. So I'm going to move from fast drive football to second season express. The, if a game is starts in fast drive football, but it's close late, we'll move to second season express, especially if it involves one of those teams that maybe is a swing team. Then I'm going to decide, like, how do I go from second season express to the full second season where I might want to see, like, those full details? And I think that for me, it's going to be right around that five minute mark. If a game is really close, maybe within a score and it's moving into the final five minutes of the game, I might I'm going to switch it to full second season and play out the rest of them with play by play. And there I'm again trying to recreate what that that visual experience would be if I was watching these games. Like some games you're gonna watch from afar, and like even with fast drive football, I'll be able to get some details on like who scored, um, who got some picks, things like that, because it's a drive-by-drive -drive game. Second season express gives me the same thing, but a little more detail in each of the drives. I'm getting to see some of the bigger plays there. And then obviously second season from that standpoint also allows me to just do play by play, but I probably won't do like tr stat tracking for those games that I switch into. It just allows me to see the game play out in more detail. So I figure I don't, it's hard to tell how, what percentage of games will end up there, but um, I think that'll help swing a little bit of the games from between that 85, 15, five type breakdown um, which doesn't even add to 100, does it? So it's probably more like 80, 15, 5 is what I meant to say. So 80, 15, and 5 will swing some of the games toward the lower bread, the, the second season express and the full season uh, or the full play of second season. And, you know, still working out some of those details. I'm probably going to kick this project off next week but or next month. And that's going to be the approach is use all three of these games intertwined. Most of the games, again, played on fast drive football because it's quick and I can get through a lot of games quickly. Second season express for a couple of the highlighted games. And then second season will be like the dedicated project where we'll get through, you know, and I think it's mostly the Lions, but then every now and again, again, a game in the final five minutes, when it's close, will end up into the second season bracket as well. There's a lot of different ways to take on projects where you're using multiple plays. I've heard people using different games to play out a season just to get some different things on the tabletop. And I think that's a great approach as well, where maybe you play like, you know, Strat for some of the games and History Maker Baseball, um, maybe Status Pro. Like, I'd be really interested to do that. Um, even playing some games like, you know, on a more computer-based thing or – some on the tabletop, that's another good approach to trying to get through a full season replay. Um, but I think there is definitely a market for these kind of quicker play games to be companions to a full season project so that you don't have to roll out the full game of every single game, especially for those games that you're not really that interested in. And I th this is going to be an interesting approach for me to see how it works with these three together. So, and, you know, again, kudos to Cooper Gilbert for coming up with that utility that allows you to move between the games. And you can actually move them in either any direction you want. I think for my purposes, it's going to mostly be 
movement in the upward direction. I'm going to call it the upward direction to go from the fast drive to second season express and then finish off with second season for the games that are really close. All right. So that's that. Uh, here's what's coming up next week. We are moving into the week before Thanksgiving and my game of the week next week is going to be now there's a possibility i might switch this because i also have to figure out one other thing but the game of the week next week is the super bowl for the 1973 nfl replay um i have atlanta taking on the atlanta falcons taking on the oakland raiders in my 1973 super bowl and then next week we're going to do the recap show of that 1973 season that's what the plan is right now. But I also have to figure out if the timing works out, I may end up also getting in uh, a session to do the finals because I'm scheduled now to play the Euro 2020 final championship game. Um, and if that works out schedule wise, I might end up throwing that into the mix this week as well. So those are some things to look forward to next week. Um, for me on the schedule, it's those two games and then a lot of History Maker Baseball next week is really what's on my calendar. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.